Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, you health renaissance people. Yes, today, colon health. Now, this is the last of our digestive series. This whole month has been on digestion. And I, <laughs> I hate to say I saved the best for last, but when you look at the colon, if you had any animal species that is sick, uh, you're going to start to see it in the colon. You're going to start to see changes in bowel habits, behavioral habits. What we do when we're looking at someone, they could be coming in for back pain, neck pain, menstrual, um, tumors, fibroids, cysts, uh, anxiety, stress, depression, post-traumatic stress disorder, lupus, uh, Lyme disease, anything that they're coming in with. We ask them, how many bowel movements a day are you having? And the normal human being should be between two to three bowel movements a day. If they're doing one bowel movement a day, that's a big deal. If they're doing, um, if they have bunion formation, that means the pelvis is involved. They're in a stress state. They're going to have slow gastric motility. So all of these conditions, these super health, um, I mean, devastating health conditions to the body and brain uh, can begin in the colon, in the intestinal tract. So why are we having problems with the colon today? Why are so many people having uh, anal leakage, colon problems, diarrhea, constipation, and polyps, colonoscopies? I mean, we're going to cover all of that today. So what I first want you to, to really know and own this is you've got your nervous system that controls your digestive tract. In fact, the nervous system controls every function in the body. It controls hormone level. It controls gastric motility. It controls every function in the body. And if you are in physical, chemical, or emotional stress, blood supply to the gut is going to shut down. That means nerve supply to the gut is going to shut down. So people in a chronic stress state, and they could be chemically stressed, they could be physically stressed, they could be emotionally stressed, you're talking decreased nerve supply to the gut. Now, let's add in that in our psychotic digestive tract world. Your gut is an ecosystem. You have between two to three pounds of bacteria in that intestinal tract. And now your bacteria in that gut produces, um, keeps funguses, viruses, and pathogenic bacteria in check, produces vitamins. This is where 80% of your immune system is, is your whole digestive tract. And this colon area is so vital to your survival that you need healthy bacteria in the system. Now, you've got an appendix, and the appendix is lymph tissue, but it's also a reservoir to house healthy bacteria in case there's been damage to the intestinal tract. Now, we know from last week when we were talking about appendixes that if you've been exposed to things that destroy the normal gut flora, um, anything that damages the normal gut flora, can damage and injure that appendix because the appendix job is there that if you've gone through, uh, say, cholera or dysentery or something that's evacuated that, that bowel area, that the appendix is there to 
put stuff back, to, to repopulate that gut with healthy bacteria. So this is a healthy system. It, it's an ecosystem. And we have to look at this ecosystem as absolutely in harmony with its environment. So if you put something in this system, it's going to cause damage. So we don't have a rash of colon diseases. We don't have a rash of irritable bowel or inflammatory bowel or Crohn's or ulcerative colitis. or We don't have any of those diseases. What we do is we have something that's damaging the intestinal tract from within and from without. And so these diseases are in response to that pathology, that, that thing that's attacking us, or through, through ignorance or toxicity. So what are the causes of gut damage? We're going to go through it really, really basic. If you have a chronic stress state, this means a chronic sympathetic dominant state, you're going to have decreased nerve supply to the gut. So you've got to look at the nervous system first. Any antibiotics, and this could be from food sources or taken, destroy the normal gut flora absolutely can lead to candida overgrowth, which can bore holes in the intestinal tract. It's going to change the balance of your ecosystem of your gut, so those are extremely dangerous. And remember, you have 80% of your immune system in your gut. If you're damaging that, your gut, you're damaging your immune system. Then we have genetically modified organisms. Now, these are soaked with glyphosates. Even breads that uh, are non-organic are soaked with glyphosate. Glyphosate is an herbicide produced by Monsanto that actually destroys the gut flora. It's an antibiotic, and we're inundated with that. And then we have vaccinations. These can also damage the gut and then processed foods. Because if you're putting something in your system that damages your intestinal tract or that's, that's poisonous, then your body absolutely will respond in the negative. So you can't harm, you can't put toxic, um, damaging n nutrients in your mouth, okay, something that's been microwaved, something that's been covered in plastic, something that's been grown in a concentrating feeding operation. These are poisonous to the system. So knowing that we're living in a toxic environment, what's one of the things the standard doctor is going to recommend? Well, colonoscopies. Okay, so I really encourage you, instead of going out and getting a colonoscopy, look at research. Go to Mercola.com. He's got a great article called The Pros and Cons of Colonoscopy. Uh, look at drmcdougall.com. He wrote a brilliant article in 2010 on his August newsletter on colonoscopies. I mean, the, you're looking at great health authorities using absolute science-based data that are not recommending colonoscopies. Because why? Uh, you got to figure, well, first, let's look at what they are. Uh, do they damage the body? Do they harm the immune system? And what are they looking for? So first, let's look at colonoscopies. Uh, so the average damage, serious complications occur in about 5 per 1,000. 
And when you look at this, if perforation of the colon can occur about one in a thousand. So to prevent one death from colorectal cancer, 1,250 people needed to be screened. That's right. So now what is the screening process? And, and i got to tell you, the absolute risk of developing colon cancer, and this is on the standard American diet, uh, that means that you're going in, you're eating at the fast food restaurant, your number one source of calories is a high fructose corn syrup, you have very little fiber and nuts, and you're eating mainly processed packaged foods. So out of that ridiculously toxic lifestyle, uh, you have about a 97.5% chance of never getting colon cancer. If you do that toxic-deficient lifestyle, you have about a 2.5% chance of developing colon cancer. Why? Because of the long-term poisoning. So uh, what about screenings? Well, there's um, a really cool article that was printed in 2001 called Screening and the Number Needed to Treat. And the number needed to treat, a number needed to be screened, it's like how many people do you have to screen with a colonoscopy or with, uh, say, mammograms in order to prevent a death? Well, sure enough, to prevent one death from breast cancer, 780 women have to be screened. To prevent one death from colorectal cancer, 1,250 people needed to be screened. Now, if these tests were benign, if they had no negative effect on a body, then that risk-benefit ratio would make sense. However, if you know that you have to take an incredibly toxic product that damages the intestinal tract, it can damage the heart. I mean, let, let's look at the annals of internal medicine. They've got a great article on complications of colonoscopy in an integrated healthcare delivery system. And what they found were... It, it, a brilliant study, and we're talking from 1994 to 2002. Uh, it's 16,000 um, people were screened, 40 years old and older. And they found um, five per 1,000 colonoscopies had serious complications. Uh, about one per 1,000 had a serious complication without biopsy or polynectomy. Uh, seven per 1,000 had... Uh, uh, colonoscopies with biopsies had a problem. Perforation occurred in about one per thousand. Uh, Post-biopsy bleeding occurred in about five per thousand. Ten deaths per thousand. Um, so if you look at this, it's not a benign procedure. And uh, also, is there something safer to do? Absolutely. We've got, we've got a couple of tests, one of them called fecal occult blood test. And this, you're literally just pooping in a bag and seeing how your body, um, if there's any abnormal cell growth in there. Uh, and when we look at the American Cancer Society, what do they say about colonoscopies? Quote, there are no prospective randomized controlled trials of screening colonoscopy for the reduction of incidence or mortality from colorectal cancer. The recommendation to undergo colonoscopy screening is based entirely on its income potential and not proven health benefits. I mean, figure there's no clinical research to support the effectiveness of virtual colonoscopies. And this is massive radiation to look at the gut. 
Now, since they've been, uh, we're talking tens of millions of screening colonoscopies have been performed between 2000 and 2007. And the actual incident of colorectal cancer has increased. It turns out the more that we screen for this stuff, the more people that are dying. Why? Because the screening process is not benign. You're literally damaging the intestinal tract, and that's where 80% of the immune system is. Uh, in 2006, there was a brilliant research done. And this is, quote, the screen patients of all studies develop colorectal cancer at the same rate as would be expected in the general population without screening in the, in the next few years, even, if, even though they had the, all their polyps removed. So what happens? I mean, if you look at this, there's about 14 million colonoscopies done a year. That means 140,000 people are injured annually. That's 140,000 people. Now, if you're doing all of this, okay, the colonoscopies have reduced colocancer rectal mortality um, or colorectal cancer mortality by about 5%, or annually 2,500 lives are saved. That means 56 people have needlessly been harmed to save one life. Okay, so, so let's look at this. You harm 56 people and, and weaken their immune system, increase their risk of pulmonary embolism, heart attack, stroke, pneumonia, kidney failure, diverticulitis, all of this stuff, okay, to save one life. Now, couldn't we go in there and change the diet and get everybody to be healthy? Absolutely. It, because if you figured the prep that they're giving you damages the natural intestinal microflora. And we're talking it causes dysbiosis or a disruption of that normal gut flora. And this can cause increase in irritable bowel, diverticulitis, inflammatory bowel, ulcerative colitis. In fact, Crohn's disease can raise colorectal cancer rates by 3,200%. So this is not a benign procedure. So what can you do? I know, I know right now you're saying, well, gee, how about decrease toxic food products and increase plant products? Absolutely. But what if you're not aware, like let's say you're the standard medical doctor and you're taught that food doesn't really negatively affect your body. Honest to God, you've got most of these doctors running around saying, hey, eating food doesn't is it going to increase your risk of disease? I mean, it's it's insane. So let's say that you're in that medical system and you don't want to change your diet, you don't want to look at your physical, chemical, emotional stress load, and you want to see if you're at risk, poop in a bag. It's called a fecal cold blood test. Really brilliant article in the International Journal of Cancer in 2012. Quote, in conclusion, uh, the fecal cold blood test um, strategy was advantageous regarding both clinical and required resources. Uh, specifying an appropriate management strategy for individuals with prior fecal occult blood tests may substantially reduce required resources within a fecal occult blood test based colorectal scan canning screener colorectal cancer screening program without its limiting its effectiveness. Boy, has anyone ever tripped over their tongue like that? Okay, yeah, I speak a lot. Okay, but that was that was really a tongue twister. 
If you can say fecal occult blood test-based cancer, colorectal cancer screening program three times really fast, I'll give you a dollar. Okay. <laughs> so what happens? I mean, look at your intestinal tract. Your intestinal tract is 80% of your immune system. Obviously, if you're doing a test that weakens that integrity, that weakens that material, it's not smart. So now let's look at inflammatory bowel disease. Again, this is one of those things that affects that, that colon. And this could be Crohn's, ulcerative colitis, uh, rectal bleeding, fever, all of these things. The official cause is idiopathic. Um, well, what about like diverticulitis, diverticulosis? Again, another bowel disease. And what they're saying is that if you have a diet high in processed foods, and stripped of natural fiber, you're going to develop diverticulitis and inflammatory bowel disease. If you have a diet high in dietary fiber, now this is according to the Journal of Nutrition, and it's particularly insoluble fibers, this is going to be plant products. It can reduce inflammation of the polyps in your intestine by 40%, reduce the diverticular formation. I mean... Let's say that you've had a damaging, destructive surgery. Like, let's say someone has removed your appendix. Well, if you've had your appendix removed, you have a 17-fold increase risk of colorectal cancer. Why? Because the appendix keeps the bacteria in check. It, it maintains the integrity of that two to three pounds of bacteria in your intestinal tract. Uh, it, it keeps that ecosystem in check. So what can you do to have a healthy colon? What's your one defense? Well, if hopefully you can keep your appendix and hopefully you can maintain the integrity of that digestive tract. How do you do it? Well, eating nuts and popcorn, eating those, those insoluble fibers. Why? Because this helps the integrity of that muscle. Um, understand that antibiotics can kill the bacteria inside your intestinal tract. And if the antibiotics are killing it, and this could be from medication or from animals in concentrated feeding operations, all of these are going to destroy the normal gut flora and that can weaken your body's response to the environment. So look at how the body's responding. Look at the um, results. I mean, even if you look at azithromycin, okay, now this is super common antibiotic. Uh, it's a wide-spectrum antibiotic that's used for just about anything. We're talking inflammation, infection. Now, this increases your risk of cardiovascular events by 250%. Now, why would an antibiotic negatively affect your heart? Well, because you're wiping out 80% of your immune system or your gut flora. Now, uh, look at glyphosates now. So to keep a healthy gut, you do not poison your system. You have to look at the physical, chemical, and emotional stress load. Uh, the, the Monsanto, and this is the glyphosates that they're spraying on the genetically modified plants, and they're also spraying it on grains because it, the grains, when they die, the plants, they give up more seeds. 
there was a brilliant study uh, done for two years long that showed that these rats got got tumors. And that means that if rats are going to get tumors by eating this grain, then humans may also be getting tumors by eating this grain. However, the study, when it was pre presented, accepted, and published in the Food and Chemical Toxicology Journal, it was removed because uh, it damaged uh, one of the most powerful companies on the planet, Monsanto. In fact, Dr. Don Huber, um, professor emeritus of the plant pathology at Purdue University, actually said future historians may well look back on our time and write not about how many pounds of pesticides we did or didn't apply, but by how willing we are to sacrifice our children and future generations with this massive genetic experiment um, that is based on flawed science, failed promises, just to benefit the bottom line of a commercial enterprise. I mean, that is damning. So we have got to, got to get um, people to understand that this is insane. The, the, the intake of toxic, deficient nutrients actually harms humans. Now let's look at vaccines. I know I, I don't want to belabor the point that the body is naturally healthy. The colon functions well and normal. Uh, only environmental pathogens or toxins are going to negatively affect it. This means toxic food, toxic drug, toxic chemicals, and this includes vaccines. When you start injecting this, you're seeing damage to the gut. Uh, measles vaccines causes a new bowel disorder. Um, the adjuvants inside of vaccines can cause it. What other drugs? High blood pressure medications, anxiety medications, uh, osteoporosis medications, pain relievers. Statins cause damage to the micro gut biome. So all of these chemicals, uh, when we talk about the health of the intestinal tract, health of the colon, this is the majority of your immune system. Anything that you put in your body that damages your immune system is bad. So that means if you have a toxic, deficient lifestyle, your gut is going to be negatively affected. This is kind of like, duh, uh, if you have drugs or chemicals, it turns out that every drug that you put in your mouth is going to go through your intestinal tract, through the wall of the intestinal tract, and can damage it's virtually from every non-steroidal anti-inflammatory like ibuprofen, Motrin, Aleve, um, to every antibiotic, pain reliever, anxiety medications. It's virtually every medication that you put in your mouth. This, these chemicals damage the majority of your immune system. So if you're taking a drug, you've got to fix it. So let's go over what it takes to prevent colon cancer, reverse colon cancer, and, and uh, <laughs> to never get it. Imagine if any other species on the planet had a bowel disorder. Would you be thinking it's something they ate? Absolutely. Would you be thinking it's something they ingested, uh, some type of environmental toxin? Absolutely. 
This is the sickest species the, the planet's ever known. So to heal the gut, first, you've got to get a healthy nervous system. You've got to look at the stress state, the physical, chemical, and emotional stress. And this will absolutely clue you in if you have healthy nerve supply to the gut or unhealthy. This means look at your lifestyle. Do you have bunion formation on your feet? That means an unstable pelvis. Do you get up at night to urinate? That means that you've got a problem with physical, chemical, or emotional stress. So any, all of these things are clues that the body isn't functioning correctly. Okay, do you have, if you're taking medications, medications are for sick people. Find out why you're taking it. If you're taking an antidepressant, look at the gut health, because that's where serotonin is produced. Look at forward head carriage or loss of curve in the neck. Look at all of these different um, responses to the environment, okay, of physical, chemical, and emotional stress, and realize that you're probably being drugged for a stress state. And if you fix the stressor, you don't need to take the drug. Look at healthy saturated fats, coconut oil, grass-fed butter, palm oil. Look at juicing and blending to start healing the gut. Get a toxic, glu- toxic gluten-free for life. Uh, eliminate commercial dairy for life. Sprouted grains, after about 60 days, raw dairy is going to be okay once your gut starts to heal. Fermented foods, you've got you to gotta heal that gut. Um, fermented foods, probiotics, I mean, everything that you can put in that body, you're going to be going plant-based, is going to start to heal the gut. And then look at gut inflammation. Inflammation is how the body responds to tissue damage. So you want to heal the gut. That means goji berries, wild berries, dark chocolate, elderberries, blackberries. I mean, all of these berries have antioxidants in there, which means that the inflammation, inflammation is a response to tissue damage. You can actually build and regenerate um, healthy tissue. Um, When you look at glutathione, now this is one of the master antioxidants. And you're talking the the sulfur-rich cruciferous family, like garlic, onions, broccoli, kale, collard greens, cabbage. I mean, last night I had sautéed kale, sautéed collard greens on top of a baked sweet potato. Oh, my gosh, come on. Of course, this is my fast day, so I'm actually thinking about food and thinking how wonderful it was. So now here, look at healthy organic grains. So you're talking organic buckwheat, organic oats, organic quinoa, amaranth, sourdough, okay? But they've all got to be sprouted grains. That's going to be ideal. So look at your body as intelligent. Look at your, your situation on this planet that you're designed to live here. The reason that our species has so many bowel and bladder and disorders is because of a toxic, deficient environment. If you have a nerve supply problem because of a sedentary lifestyle or trauma, you've got to fix it. If you've got a dietary problem, fix it. You're going to be going organic and plant-based. You've got to exercise it. You've got to get deep sleep at night so your body can regenerate in prayer and meditation. Now, all of this, we've got, we're going to be putting forth all of this data and information tonight 
on on our Tuesday, True Health Tuesdays. We've got podcasts, webinars, everything at Extreme Health Academy. In fact, oh my gosh, if you go to Extreme Health Academy, you can sign up to the Extreme Health Challenge that we do every month. And this past month was all on digestion. And we talk about um, healing a leaky gut. We talk about correcting inflammatory bowel disease. We talk about all this stuff. And and it's a free 14-day challenge that you can do to help heal the gut. I'd encourage you to get on that Extreme Health Academy. It's it's just fun fun and uh, <laughs> great information. And and also next year, I know it sounds crazy, but next year, March 15th, we're leaving out of Miami to go on a a cruise. And this is going to be a cruise to Mexico or Cozumel and then to Havana, Cuba. We're taking a smaller boat, so I think we're going to be dominating it. We're going to have around 150 people there, and this is going to be a blast. So go to our website. You're going to have links on everything. Go to Bergman Family Chiropractic, drjohnbergman.com, and sign up for that uh, cruise. I mean, the cruise is fun because you get you get to hang out with cool speakers. You get to uh, swim in the Caribbean, and we get to see Cuba. Uh, that's That's just going to be amazing. When you're presented with a disease or a lack of ease, look at your physical, chemical, and emotional stress load. You deal with the stress, not with the symptoms, and your body will heal. Your body is self-healing and self-regulating. Look in the mirror and smile. You're made in the image and likeness of God. You're more energy than matter. And food food that you put in your body has an energy. This is Dr. John Bergman. I am your total health advocate. God bless you, and I really do love you. Go forth and enjoy life. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.